Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show. The 5-0 Show is brought to you by Bonneville, and we're extremely thankful for Bonneville for this time each week to talk to you about matters of the community. I'm Jamie Rothschild, and today I am joined by a, a dear friend. Can I say a dear yes. friend? Yes. And a repeat guest, Trish Knutson. Trish, thank you for coming back. Ah, thank you for having me. Well, thank you again, um, because we the first couple segments we did were really well received. So for those who didn't catch those segments, I just want to give a little background. So Trish and I didn't know each other until we met in the police academy, which was 24 years ago. Amazing. Amazing that I still have a job and amazing it, that you're still in my life. Yes, that is amazing. Both of those. And it was, I tell people, it was, we were doing defensive tactics. <clears throat> you had... Uh, gone down to the mat, and when you came up, your thumb, instead of being at a 90-degree angle from your other fingers, it was like a 180. And like Mel Gibson in that movie, you pulled your thumb out and just plopped it back in, and uh, it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to be her friend. I did. I think you fainted right after that. From I'm like, I don't remember. I think so. No. <laughs> I'm just joking. He did not faint. But ever, but ever since then, I mean, I, we've been uh, very close friends. And I remember when we were both on training, we trained in two different precincts. And every night we would call each other, and it was just so exciting to be involved in police work. And as time has gone on, going out there and, and seeing, I, I call them young, but they're certainly younger than me, the people who do this job and those exciting moments they have, it, it brings it all back when I see it or when I drive in the police academy grounds. Do you ever feel like that when you? Absolutely. I remember when you were talking about us calling each other, I remember calling and being so excited about booking a shoplifter or taking a trespassing call. And then over the years, how those kind of those calls got amped up. And it's funny because I still I'm still a reserve officer. And I help out occasionally with the firearms for the recruit classes coming through. And it's so exciting to see the recruits and how excited they are um, with just learning tactics and the firearms and just their excitement about coming into this profession. And I think it's wonderful. It's a it's a wonderful thing to watch. And they're they're It's a whole new generation of people coming in, which is it's fun. Well, and, and I think and tell me if I'm wrong, because you, you see it more than I. What caused you and I to stand in that line 25 years ago before the academy uh, it doesn't seem to have changed. Like the people, the the sense of mission, service, and taking care of others, even though everyone says today's generation does this or they're technology-focused, that sense of service that caused people to stand in that line, that seems unchanged to me. Oh, I agree 100%. I think it's um, something down in your soul. I think it's it, most people are drawn to this profession uh, in one way or another. Or like I kind of happened onto the profession, but once I – went started going through the academy um it took hold of me and i think that's what you see in the young recruits coming out it's something deep down it's um most of them if not all have a desire to serve and a desire to help others and that's ultimately what this job is about i I know a lot of people see um different things on the 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 news and the media um with um, a lot of violent altercations, and they, those things happen. But pretty much day to day, it's a lot about just those routine calls where you're engaging with the community and trying to really make a difference in the community, make the community a better place and a safer place for all the 
the uh, the citizens of the city of Phoenix. One of the things that I wish the families of our employees would really know is you're right. There are some profile high profile events that rise to the level of a social media post or something. But the overwhelming interaction day to day when you talk to the officers that do it is, and I ask them all the time, do you feel appreciated? And they will tell me that the community, they feel the appreciation. When they are out there, the people come up and say thank you, or they'll try and buy them a lunch at a fast food restaurant. And I, I encourage people all the time, if you feel led to do that, I understand that people say, well, they're eating, I don't want to bother them. But it really does mean the world to the folks who are out there, because when they're out there, they're out there when it's when it's night, uh, holidays, when the rest of us are home sleeping. There's a lot of great service work that goes on when the rest of the world is safely in their homes. And I ask people all the time, just please, if you can, uh, never forget and acknowledge them if you have the opportunity. Oh, and I agree. I agree with that 100 percent. Um it's funny because I think that we take a lot of that for granted, what officers do, and just a simple task that they do. When you drive down the road and you see an officer on the side of the road um, working a, a traffic light for a construction group out on the road, it seems like nothing, but you got to remember they're standing out there for sometimes six, eight, ten hours, and they're in 117 degrees. We're in Phoenix, and it seems very simple, but even those tasks are not simple. Um, and that's what our officers are doing every day. When I see you, when I talk to you, I always flash back to some life-changing moments. And I never want you or anyone to be defined by things that happened that were not your dream. Um, and, and there's two things that I always think about. One, we had a friend of ours whose life was taken. Uh, more a friend of yours, you were extremely close to Mark Atkinson. Uh, and then also when you were on the SAU, or as most people refer to it as the SWAT team, and you were shot and your career was taken from you. But as as horrific and life-altering as those moments were, you seem to constantly reevaluate and develop a new sense of purpose and help people. And you take this and you you just never get stuck in, woe is me, or, or look what I've been through after having gotten shot. You always seem to go, how can I make others better? Is that an intentional thing you do? Um, I think it's part of who I am. Um, but I, I think we have to work sometimes to be positive and to carry on. And um, I think our job is very challenging, or the job of police officers. It's a very challenging job. Now, I'm going to stop you there for a second. Sure. You say, you just corrected yourself instead of saying our job. You are still a police <laughs> officer, not I, only in the reserve, but having been shot in the line of duty, you are still a police officer it, in our book. That is that is very true. I, I I correct myself because I'm not out on the street every day, you know, working those those uh, intersections in 117 degrees. I'm in the comfort of my home now. Um, and if I it, when I do um, engage in the re, with the reserve division, it's mostly in the capacity of training. So I can kind of pick and choose on those days when it's a little less than 117 degrees. And I'm so sorry so, I, I interrupted you. It was incredibly rude, but that's that is something. Something that I hope you never believe for a moment that because you are not actively serving in that capacity that you are not a vital part of this department, its history, and teaching the officers of tomorrow. So uh, again, I, I shouldn't have interrupted you, but you That's are... right. I already forgot what you asked me for originally. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you're still a hero in my book. But what we're talking about is that you, you now go on, you're teaching, you're leading, you're instructing, you're sharing your story with others, yeah. but under the guise of a message of hope. Is that something that you said... You have to choose to be positive. How do you do yes. that? Yes. I, I think, again, it, it's a little bit of who I am. Um, I've overcome. I, I think 
my life has had up and up and down. It's it's valleys and peaks. Um, and if you get stuck in a valley, you you don't go anywhere. And I've learned that. I learned that early on. Um, you always have to look for what can we learn from the event that I just went through that was bad or I didn't like, and how can we make it better um, for my future, for someone else's future. So especially like when I'm out um, helping out with the recruits, I like to talk to them. Um, it's not just about in training, about training. It's about engaging with the officer, the young officer, and helping them through what hopefully will be a long career for them. Um, I think you have to actively work to overcome the negativity, to overcome the bad incidents that are, are, are going to happen. Um, it's it's um, I hate to say easy. But in a sense, it's a little bit easy to just get stuck sometimes. We all do it. Um, but in my opinion, I've always tried to look beyond whatever's happening and know that there's – I've always thought there's a reason for everything. And I just need to turn that reason into something positive and keep moving forward. I'm a big fan of not getting stuck. Just even if we're stuck in something, just little baby steps to move forward um, and then sooner or later, those baby steps become bigger steps. And then sooner or later, we're out of whatever situation we were in looking back going, hey, I survived that. And every day that I'm here, I can look back and go, wow, I made it through that incident. Uh, whatever I'm dealing with right now, I can make it through this also. So I think it's a lot of attitude. It's a lot of just trying, even if it's with baby steps, moving forward always. So I've never shared this with you. And the reason that I'm doing this now is because you're leaving. You're yes, leaving us. You're moving. moving. Yeah. And and I'm really happy for you. And we preach all the time on this show about have a plan for retirement, enjoy retirement, be surrounded by those you love. And now now I'm watching it. One of my closest friends, Dearest friends, leaving. Yeah. Leaving. And it's I'm so happy for you. I'm so sad for us. Um, but to know that you have so much in front of you, and to go out and serve and make new friendships and and relationships. Could not be happier for you. Uh, are you nervous? Um, a little bit. It's a bittersweet um, because we're moving with the intention of getting closer to family. And we're very close to our family, so that that's a blessing. Um, but we're leaving behind a lot of good friends and a lot of comforts that we've always enjoyed um, here in Phoenix. So it is a little bit scary, but change is always scary. So, again, baby steps, and that's what we've decided is baby steps. Nothing set in, nothing set in stone. Um, we'll make it work as we, we get through it. So, but it is difficult because, as you just noted, um, I've got a lot of good friends. You being, gosh, it seems like a lifelong friend. Um, I thought you were going to say though, not on that I, list. I thought you were going to bump me You from are that list. right at the top of my list. <laughs> um, and I say that genuinely. Because I can say that um, early on in my career, one of the hardest things I went through um, with the loss of Mark Atkinson, um, you were the first person that I called. Um, you were my go-to person back then. And um, I guess I've never truly thought, you know, said thank you for that. But it, it meant a lot that you were there for me during that. And I think that's what people need. We need people. We need friendships are you tearing up? I'm getting um, thinking, allergies. I'm, yeah, my allergies are kicking in. <laughs> but it is. I, I think that's how officers survive this career um, is that you have special people in your lives 
um, that are there in moments of trials and tribulations. And for you, for me, that was you. Um, and that was many moons ago, but that makes a difference knowing that you have that support group. I appreciate that. And I will tell you, and I, and when we do this show, I, I don't really try to ever talk about myself because I think when a host does that, it's incredibly self-serving. Um, but what I did find out that night is there is a passion to serve those who serve. Someone once said we exist to ex- assist. Um, and that like became that. something that that night I found out that's what I wanted to do with my career and was fortunate, blessed enough to go on to the employee assistance unit and help create that. Uh, but you did the same. You found out that you had life lessons and teaching, leading, instructing became a very important part, a very important part of who you are. And, and you really did. You have changed so many careers, so many lives, telling your story, sharing your story and being approachable. Your reputation is unmatched. Oh, thank you. I, I ho- I'd like to think that I, I've made a difference. I think we all do. Uh, we want to thank that, and thank you for that. Well, but but I recognize, and we talk about this sometimes, your career did not end as you wanted to. You once said, I didn't get a chance to plan my last, my last search warrant, my last ride long, any of that. It was taken from you. But the the message of hope for those who see you uh, is your, you seem so happy, so healthy. You've made a, such a strong recovery. Uh, if ever there was a resilient spirit out there who shows what hope is, you're it. Oh, well, I, th- I thank you for that. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of people say the day I got shot, well, that had to be the worst day of your life. And in all honesty, I look at it as I was very blessed that day. Um, talking to the e- the trauma surgeon, um, it, it, it My chances of survival would have been very low had things been just a little bit off. So I look at it as one of the best things that have happened to me, that I'm still here and I need to move forward because I am still here and make a difference, continue to make a difference. And you have and you do and you will. We should repost your previous interview. So, Trish, (laughs) thank you for everything you've done to serve the community, the citizens of Phoenix and the community as a whole. Thank you to Bonneville for this time. Thank you to you, the listening audience, and thank you to every Every individual who's out there serving right now as you listen to this, please thank them for their service, and we we definitely want them to be as protected as possible. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.